Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. Well, are you ready to receive the Word today? In Daniel chapter 2, we read King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and Daniel was called in to interpret it. And in verse 44, Daniel tells the king, he said, God, God is showing you in a dream, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left up to other people. It shall consume all other kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, when I read that, the God of heaven is setting up a kingdom. Now, it's not an earthly, physical place. It's going to stand forever. And two statements jumped out of that verse. Number one, it shall never be destroyed. Number two, it will not be left up to other people. It's not left up to anybody else. The title of the message today is Kingdom Living. A kingdom that's not destroyed and it's not left up to other people. That's where I want to live. That's that's me. That's where I want to be. As I begin to work on this teaching, living in a kingdom that is not destroyed and it's not left up to other people, I quickly had more to talk about than I can cover in one Sunday. No point in me keeping you here and just going on and on and on. We'll just do it in two Sundays. We're not going anywhere. We can learn something this week. We'll learn some more next week. Now, If the Lord comes back before next week, we're not going to need part two anyway. So, here we go. Kingdom living part one. Don't miss the exciting, thrilling conclusion next week in part two. Let me read some scripture to us. Matthew chapter three, verse two. A man came in the wilderness named John. John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, Jesus comes, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Matthew 9, 35, then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Of God, Matthew 13, 11. Jesus tells his followers, he answered and he said to them, because it has been given you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I could go on and on and on. 55 times in Matthew, 123 times in the four gospels, Jesus speaks of the kingdom. And then the rest of the New Testament is full of talk about the kingdom. 123 times Jesus speaks of the kingdom in the four gospels we got to get a handle on this. And that's what this year has been all about for Christian Ministries Church. We've been learning the kingdom of God is not a geographical place, nor is it a place you have to die to go to. Now, what we have seen this year is wherever you are geographically on earth, with the right condition of your heart, and your mind, you can live there. You can live in a place, number one, that can't be destroyed, and number two, 
It's not dependent on anybody else. Now, the kingdom of heaven can be lived right here and right now. It's called kingdom living. Jesus was always slipping off, going to pray, and then when he'd come back, he would be in obvious, noticeable power that he would come in. And so he's finally, his disciples said, you got to teach us to pray. See, teach us to do what you're doing. And in Matthew chapter 6, we read about Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. Now, oftentimes this is referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but just bear in mind, he never prayed this. This is not the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus teaching us how to pray. Here's how you pray. Okay, you start off, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, blessed be your name. See, you start off recognizing God, recognizing that he's above everything. He's above your problem. He's above your pressure. He's above your sickness. See, God, we bless your name. Your name is above every name. See, we start off, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Hallowed be your name. I worship you. Now our prayer from there moves into your very first request. Now I want you to notice, it's not God bless mommy, God bless daddy, God handle this, God take care of that. God, I got somebody up in room 307 in the hospital, needs you to go handle that deal. God so-and-so's got a problem, they're going through this, I need you to go over here and handle this. No, the first thing you pray is, your first request is, y'all help me, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? Right here, on earth, where is that? That's in your home. In your family, that's with your job. That's with you driving down the road and somebody cuts in front of you. Yeah, no, that's a hard one. See, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's what our life is all about. And it's, it's, it's tragic, it's sad, what so many churches taught for so many generations. The churches, we sing, this earth is not my home, I'm just passing through, I'm suffering here, this suffering will soon be over. When this weary life is over. I mean, how many of you grew up singing about this weary life? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. This weary, miserable life, when this weary life is over, Woo, it's going to be to dwell in Beulah land. We grew up hearing sermons about this miserable, miserable, weary life. I'm not impressed. I'm, or, or, yeah, thank the Lord that we have eternity in heaven. But we're to live in heaven right now. How do we miss this? We're to bring the kingdom of God on earth just like it is in heaven. Church, this is what the lost see. This is what draws the lost to Jesus. A sermon don't draw the lost to Jesus because they're not in here to hear it. Church doesn't draw the lost to Jesus. They don't go. What draws the lost? What draws the lost is to have a co-worker who don't preach to them, don't beat them over the head with the Bible, don't tell them how miserable they are. They got a co-worker that is happy. They got a co-worker that loves their wife. They got a co-worker that just, life is good. 
Now the boss just comes in, eats everybody out, and the co-workers just smiling and whistling. Life's good. They're happy. They're positive. They're upbeat. And finally, you in your miserable life can't take it one more second and you finally say, what are you on? What are you doing? What do you have? I want what you have. And then you can say, I'm not snorting nothing. Let me just tell you about my life. Let me just tell you about my life. See, it's, it, the co-worker looks, they're miserable, they're unhappy, they're, their life is miserable. Their life is miserable. And they, see, they're drawn by your peace. They're drawn by your joy. They're drawn by your ability to let things just roll off of you. They're drawn by your good marriage. They're drawn by your good kids. See, it's a person that is living in the kingdom of God. That's what draws the lost to Jesus. That's what draws you. After being drawn to the Lord by seeing the life of a coworker or a neighbor or a cousin or a brother or a sister, then they come to church to be taught how to live in this new kingdom. See, they come to church and are taught how to take your thoughts captive. Your moods don't have to control you. You can take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. See, they're taught in church how to walk in peace, how to walk in joy, how to live your life in a place that cannot be destroyed and that does not depend on anybody else doing anything else. See, with the kingdom of God, there is a government, a society, a culture with laws and a lifestyle. Oh, I can't wait to part two. I'm about to get into it right now. You won't believe next week. We're going to really have a great time next week. I'm going to get into some of this. But when a lost person comes to the point in their life when they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, y'all have heard Paul talk about it often. He, and he, he told me years ago, I was going to die if I didn't get out of here. He, he knew there he was in a place, he was with people, he was doing things, and he said, I will die if I don't get out of here. You've heard Josh talk about the depression, the misery, the emptiness. The un See, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I want to live somewhere else. I want to be somewhere else. Then you die to that old person. That, that guy is dead, and you come into a new resurrected life where you're renewing your mind. You're no longer conformed to the culture around you, but you begin to renew your mind and live different. See, we find out, and I didn't know this, my happiness is not dependent on my wife doing anything or not doing anything. My happiness is not dependent on your kids doing anything or not doing anything. Your kids don't control your happiness. Your boss does not control your happiness. This economy does not control your joy or your happiness. See, I'm living my life in a place that is not dependent on other people. When you go and obey the laws of the kingdom, you're very blessed. When you go against the laws of the kingdom, the blessings of that kingdom don't follow. Well, I can't wait till this Wednesday night. We're going to start the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to, in the next few months, talk about Jesus teaching, blessed are you when you do this, blessed are you when... They're going to teach us how to live in the kingdom of God. And the only thing I'm more excited about is this fall, 
we're going to get into a series on the laws of the kingdom. When Paul and I came across this over 30 years ago, it revolutionized our whole life. Our, there are laws that this kingdom operates on. I can't wait to share this with you on Wednesday night. But here's an example. I hadn't thought about this for a long time, but Austin, sitting right back here at the camera, he was raised his whole life in Africa. Uh, his mom and dad were in the mission field in Africa. And I remember them coming years ago to speak at our church, and they were in the Congo. And she started telling us, when it's just a different culture. But when you go over to a host family to eat in the Congo, she fixes you a dinner and you eat. You're expected after that dinner to come out with a loud belch. A loud burp is the way that that host is honored in that culture. You're supposed to burp. You're supposed to belch. In this culture, it'll get your mama thrashing you if you lean back at the table. See, it's different ways that two different cultures operate. In this culture, you, you're going to get thrashed if you do that. In this culture, you know, there are things that just don't work. They just don't work in the kingdom of God. They won't get you blessed. They won't get you blessed in the kingdom of God. I can't wait to get into this Wednesday night. You, you're not going to believe this, but we're going to talk about blessed are you. Have you all ever read Matthew 5 called the Beatitudes? I've been studying this. And, and, and I can't, blessed are you. If your wife will just start doing this, this, and this. Blessed are you if we could just get a new president. See, blessed are you if these gas prices, somebody would get this under control. Ble it's not there. It's not there. We're going to teach you how to be blessed. How, here's the way you're blessed. Here's another example I, I thought about. Terry and I have been a couple of different times down to the Cayman Islands. It's not far. It's just off the coast of Florida. Now, it's very interesting. Right down there, right here on our side of the globe, this country down there is under British influence. And I can rent a car down there, but I'm telling you what, you better pay attention. They drive on the left side of the road. Ooh, that's different. They talk with a British accent. They use words and phrases we don't use. Now, way over here... On our side of the globe, just south of Florida, is a country that gets its culture, its laws, its lifestyle from a country thousands of miles away. You know, as we look around the world, we see the American culture, the British culture, French culture, the Chinese culture, Japanese culture. Here's the big problem with Christians. With Christians, these cultures often shape our life more than the kingdom of God and its culture. Question for us, as a Christian, are we more like our earthly culture or are we more like the kingdom of heaven and its culture, its laws? Jesus ushered in a kingdom that is not of this world to mold and to shape our lives. Let me tell you about this kingdom. It doesn't make any difference if you're a male, if you're a female, 
Doesn't make any difference what race you are. Doesn't make any difference Jew, Gentile. It doesn't make any difference what color your skin is, black, white. See, it makes no difference whatsoever. There is a culture that we live in that's bigger than any of that. It's a kingdom that never changes. It's a kingdom that never ends. And it's a kingdom that's not dependent on anybody or anybody doing anything. No matter your geographical location, no matter your skin color, no matter your background, there is a place you can live full of peace, full of joy, full of wisdom, and full of prosperity. The culture you live in shapes your life. The culture you live in shapes your life. That's why Romans 12 tells us, don't be conformed to this world's way of thinking. The problem was, Paul has told us many times, he was just being conformed to the way all the other young guys were thinking. He was just doing what they were doing. And he woke up one day and says, I'm miserable. I'm miserable doing this. See, you were being conformed by the way the world does life. See, I'm getting out of this and I'm going to get in another culture. Today, much of the Christian world is both in this world and of this world. And that's tragic. That's tragic. When Christians are in the world and of the world, the church thinks, entertains, and acts just like the world. Much of the church has the language of the world. Much of the church has the political views of the world. The problem is, what do the law see that makes them want to live what you have when what you have is just like where they are? To live different, it's not just going to church occasionally and calling yourself a regular member. To live different, to live in the kingdom, your language is different. Your entertainment is different. Your political views are different. Your morals are different. Your work ethic is different. Your friends, the people you do life with. See, I got to have people that I do life with that live where I live. I can't do life with somebody who doesn't live where I live. And when you're living in the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to do life with people who are living in the kingdom of God. That's how you live blessed in God's kingdom. It's tragic how many churches are following the popular opinion of morality and lifestyle. The job of the church is to teach, is to train, is to disciple the lifestyle, the mindset, the worldview of the kingdom of God. That's what we got to do. When we come in here, we have got to teach, train the mindset, the worldview of this kingdom that we're living in. Let me just give you another example. At one time, America was under British control, under British dominance, under British laws. There was a war. There was a victory. Some of you read about it, the Revolutionary War. The old regime was thrown out, and we had a change in our culture. And we wrote a constitution that says, here's the way we're going to live in this culture. Here's the way we're going to operate here, and it's different than the way that operates where we came out. Just FYI, I don't know if you ever thought about this. There was another revolutionary war. There was another revolutionary war. 
whole world was under Satan's control, dominance, laws. This war only lasted three days. Just three days is in the heart of the earth. There was a victory. Keys were taken away. Now, we got to throw the old regime out. Got to have a culture change. And we've got God's word is our constitution. And it tells us, here's the way you live life now under this culture. Here's the way this kingdom, this kingdom doesn't operate like that kingdom. Here's the way this kingdom operates. You're only under Satan's rule. You're only under Satan's dominance. You're under Satan's control by your moods and your motions if you allow him. If you allow yourself to be, just if you want to, you can still send monthly money to Great Britain. You can send them a check. You can pay some money over there if you want to. They'll take it. You can talk like a British, use their accent right over here if you want to. And you can drive on the left side of the road right over here if you want to. It's just not going to work out real well for you. It's not going to work out real well for you. You can use the old regime's language, lifestyle. Do it if you want to. It's just not going to work out real well for you. You're not going to have a lot of peace driving on the left side of the road. You're not going to have a lot of joy driving on the left side of the road because that's not the way we do it here. That's not the way we do it here. It's my life. I can do what I want to. It's just not going to work out real well for you. It's it's just not going to work out real. See, to be blessed by God, to live in his regime, to live in his culture, there are things that you do and there's things that you don't do. You know, the fact is when Jesus told Pilate at his trial, my kingdom is not of this world. When he said that, he was acknowledging two things. Now think about this. He was acknowledging that he is the king of a real kingdom. My kingdom. Say, are you the king of the Jews? Look here. My kingdom is not of this world. Okay, he said two things. Number one, he's a king of a real kingdom. And number two, his kingdom was from another place. It was outside the physical realm. Jesus was telling Pilate he had a country with citizens, with a moral code, with a society, with a lifestyle. It's just not from here. In this world, just not of it. This world doesn't decide your morality, your values, your right and wrong, your thoughts. 1 John 2.15 says, don't love this world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Today, there are two different places that you can live. You can live your daily life. Every day, every single day of your life, there's one of two places that you can live your daily life. Number one, you can live in this world. It decides your morality, your values, your thoughts, your rights and wrongs. Or you can live in the kingdom of God. And it decides your morality, your values, your thoughts, your right and wrong. I want you to know today, there is no new normal for me. There is no new normal for my family. There is no new system of right and wrong. There is no system that's left up for each individual to choose right and wrong for me. In the kingdom that I'm living in, individuals don't choose right and wrong. There is no new definition of marriage. We're seeking first the kingdom of God, and its normal has never changed. 
It's normal, has never changed. I want to live my life. I want to live my life in peace. I want to live my life happy. I want to live my life blessed. And I want to live my life bearing fruit. And I want it to be fruit that remains. See, I want to live my life accomplishing things that are significant. And the only thing that outlasts you, the only thing that is significant is what you do in other people. See, as you invest your life in other people, as you give your life to other people, as you're a part of other people's lives. You know, I, there was, I was driving, I was in a hurry, and I was driving over to check on my cattle yesterday, and I pulled, there, there was a lady there, and she had a flat tire. And I drove past because I was in a hurry, and er, swung around, came right back. Man, it was hot. It's hot laying on that asphalt. Got out, changed her tire, got her back on the road, got her going. And I, I got back in my truck, and I thought, that was better than any sermon I've ever preached. See, that's, do, you, that's living life. That, that's living a blessed life. See, what you do for other people, who you're giving your life to, where your attention, when your life is all about you and only you and your satisfaction, your gratification, what you feel like. Now, when your life is self-absorbed, you'll never experience peace and you'll never experience joy of living. So I want to live my life accomplishing some things that are significant. And none of that is available in the kingdom of the devil. That's only available in the kingdom of God. I, I want to encourage you today, don't continue to live your life miserable. D don't, don't keep living your life unhappy. Dear Lord, don't keep living your life miserable because there is a life that you can live, number one, that is never destroyed by anything that happens. I don't care who the president is, I don't care anything, it's never destroyed. See, there is a life you can live that's never destroyed. Number two, that does not depend on other people. See, I lived life, my whole life depended on other people. And I was never disappointed, they always made me mad. At some point during the day, somebody is going to make you mad, upset you, turn, jerk you up, not do to suit you, disappoint you, let you down, and I'm tired of living my life disappointed, jerked up. Uh, oh, I had a few friends that made me happy, but most of them didn't. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Something will happen each and every day to ruin that day for you if you let it. I wanted to live my life that didn't depend on anybody else. Totally independent of everybody else. The point of this entire year for our church is you can live blessed. It doesn't matter if your boss never changes. It doesn't matter if your wife or your husband never change. You can live blessed and happy. You can be blessed regardless of who is president. You can be blessed regardless of the economy. Don't miss Wednesday night when we get into these Beatitudes. Here's where you're blessed. Blessed are you. Matthew 5 tells us how to be blessed living in the kingdom of God. It's interesting. Not one of those words in that Bible, Matthew chapter 5 says, blessed will you be when your wife finally does what you want her to do. Blessed will you be when we finally get a president that's not a knothead. It, it just doesn't say that. Today I want to encourage you. Just, let's just make a move. 
I want to encourage each one of you. Make a move. Go home, pack it up, pack your clothes, pack your bags, pack pictures off the wall, and leave a kingdom that is always being destroyed. Leave a kingdom that is dependent on other people doing something. Leave that kingdom and move in to a kingdom that cannot be destroyed and does not depend on other people. Y'all stand. Lord, today, thank you for giving us your kingdom to live in. Thank you for allowing us to live a life full of peace, full of joy, full of happiness, and it not depend on anybody doing anything. Thank you, Lord, for a blessed life that we've been given to live. Come on, right now, as you're standing here, some of you need to say, I'm moving. I'm leaving this old life. And I'm moving. Some of you right here, you need to move. You got to move out of that life of depression. You got to move out of that life of anger. You got to move out of that life that is totally dependent on other people. Come on, move out of that life. And right now you say, I am going to leave here and I'm going to live my life in the kingdom of God. Lord, right now, your will be done in me, on earth, as it is in heaven. Come on, all over this place, say it with me. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the CMC Podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.